Hey, welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping college students with mental health issues set and achieve goals for themselves to get them where they want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malenzak, and this is episode seven of the podcast. All right, we are here in week three now, and uh, I hope that everybody has uh, really sort of been, is now fully adjusted to their new college schedule. I hope things are going well for you guys. Uh, things are going well for me here on this Monday. I um, have a lot to talk to you about, so let me get right into it. I'm not going to spend uh, really any time on housekeeping. Uh, here's what I'll say. Today is Monday. It's a goal-focused episode. If you want to reach out to me, uh, you can do so by sending me an email at collegestudentsuccesspodcast at gmail.com. And I want to get into the episode. All right, so in the past, I talked about uh, my entrance into the mental health field and how it was sort of a, a winding path. And, and I did uh, community mental health uh, various jobs for about 10 years. And I had gone back to school for my master's in 2005 at a school called UMDNJ, which is the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey. And it no longer exists. <laughs> Actually, it got swallowed up by Rutgers University. So that's sort of an interesting, fun fact. Anyway, I graduated there in 2008, and I was working, you know, in my, I was a director of residential services at that point. And um, I had this idea when I got out, I was like, man, I'd love to work in the department that I just graduated from. I had always kind of held on to this idea that I still wanted to be a teacher and really found myself in the role of a teacher in a variety of my jobs. Um, when I worked with people that had a mental illness, I was a skill teacher, so I wouldn't do things for them. If they needed help doing something, I would teach them what they needed help with. I might help them you know, as much as they needed it in the beginning, but the goal was always to get that person fully independent uh, with as much of this skill as they could. So I was really happy in 2009 no, 2012, sorry, when I was approached by a colleague of mine, a former, uh, well, actually kind of my mentor, uh, who worked in the department where I graduated from, and it told me about a job opening there. And I was like, oh, finally. <laughs> it was awesome. I applied to that job, and I, I was sure I had it. And then uh, they, they brought me in and were like, oh, I'm really sorry. We had a change with that job. It's only going to be a part-time job now. And... I didn't want that, so uh, they were like, but they have this other job that you should apply for, and, and so I was like, all right, and I applied for that, and that was the one I got. So what I did was I worked as a cognitive specialist, is what they called me, and I remember getting that title and thinking, I in no way feel like a cognitive specialist, but I, I do feel like it now, and I my job was to help uh, study the effect of cognitive remediation. So if you've seen commercials like Lumosity, uh, where they do brain training, um, that's essentially what cognitive remediation is. Although I did it in a, a manual, I taught people out of a manual. And the, and the population we worked with was, no surprise, college students with uh, mental health diagnosis. So this idea was sort of born out of my um, supervisor's previous research into you know what helps people and what hinders people from getting the grades they want and being successful in school. And 
we sort of had this hypothesis that it really, for people that had a mental illness, it really wasn't the symptoms of that illness that held people back in school. That it, the, their complaints were often similar to the complaints that people that didn't have a mental illness would voice. So trouble concentrating, managing their time, remembering things, problem solving, etc. So we sought to test this out by basically um, teaching people, uh, enrolling them in the study, teaching people cognitive remediation and seeing if they improved, if their grades got better or if they did better on this standard battery of tests. So I don't really know yet if it worked. Uh, we haven't, we've closed the study, uh, I'm no longer serving as a cognitive specialist, I've completed my role, um, but we haven't analyzed the data yet, so I don't actually have anything to report on it yet. But I can speak anecdotally. So that's really, you know, no research behind it, but just like my impressions of working, I worked, ended up doing the cognitive remediation intervention, you know, the, the, the manual, I went through it with 40 people. And I did, it was uh, 12 chapters and it was an hour a week. So it was, you know, at least 12 to, you know, up to 20 hours per person that I spent talking about these cognitive remediation strategies. And I actually can't talk about a lot of them. <laughs> I can't lay out the manual on this podcast because it's still, you know, um, it's still an experimental intervention. So I'm just kind of talking broadly about, you know, cognitive remediation in general. Um, but the one thing that stood out to me that was consistent that I saw the people that had this skill coming into working with me were awesome and, and, and were well on their way to being able to learn the skills and I think employ it. And as well as the people that came in not doing this and then got to do it well, the skill is calendaring, keeping track of your time, and being able to account for your time on a day-to-day -day basis consistently, I feel, is an essential key to success at every level for almost everyone. I have yet to meet a successful person that does not have a dedicated space to track their time where they put all of their appointments or someone to do it for them. If they're the really successful people, they have an administrative assistant to do it for them. But when all is said and done with our research, I really believe that the, it will conclude that the people who consistently track their time ended up being the most successful. We'll see. The, the jury is out, but I will, uh, I will report on it when I know something and I'm allowed to report on it. Um, data capture. Data capture is simply just keeping track of all that shit in your periphery. You know, you read something online, you're like, ah, oh, I, I really, that's cool, I wanna keep that. It's like, where do you put it? Um, you have something, you need to make a doctor's appointment. It's like, oh, I'm not gonna put it on my calendar to schedule, I'm gonna, on Wednesday, call my doctor to make my appointment. I'll do that when I have some time with a bunch of other shit. You know, that's sort of this idea of like a task list or a to-do list. But what I would just say is it's a dedicated, safe place where you can keep track of all the things you have to accomplish, even if they haven't made their way onto your calendar yet. Our brains really are not good at holding on to information. So you have this thought like, oh, I should do this. And if you don't write it down, your brain will have a hard time keeping track of it. It doesn't have a dedicated space, you know, like a, a to-do list. Uh, to, to put that and for you to refer back to, unless you, you put it somewhere. So I used an analogy when I worked with students. I think that was pretty apropos. 
this idea that the people that I would meet that didn't use a calendar when they come into the study, you know, I'd ask them like, well, how did you remember to meet me today? You know, and they would often say, oh, you know, I wrote it down in a slip of paper or, you know, I just um, I just kept keeping, I kept it in my mind. Like every day I would say, oh, I, ha I can't forget that meeting that I had with Derek. And, and then eventually I, I did it. And it's like, wow, okay. Or maybe they had someone remind them or, you know, these other reasons, these other methods. You know, some of the strategies were fine. It's like, okay, you didn't have a calendar. I could see why you did it that way. But this one that just lingered of this, I'm just going to, you know, Every day I'm going to think about it and I'll, and I'll keep track of it that way. <laughs> that shit's for the birds, man. Um, our brain is sort of like a computer. And if you know what a computer, how a basic computer functions, you have, you know, your hard drive. And that would be like your, your brain's like long-term memory. Um, and then you have the RAM which is almost like the short-term memory, but it's sort of, you know, whatever your brain is working on in that particular moment, your working memory, so to speak. And at any given time, you might be, you know, concentrating on something. Let's say you're trying to read a chapter in your textbook, right? And a lot of people have a lot of trouble with concentrating on reading a textbook type of language. It's a common complaint. So you really need a lot of brain power and a lot of concentration to do that. So think about your computer, right? Think about when you have every goddamn program open at once and how it functions. And it's like, oh, it's so slow. And you could even like open the RAM-o-meter or whatever it's called and be like, oh yeah, I'm like using this much percentage of my RAM running this program and this much running this and everything slows down and you can't really do any one thing well, right? That's kind of like your brain when you don't have a way to keep track of all of these appointments or things that you need to do on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So I wasn't the only appointment that that person had that they were using this system for, right? They had tons of other things. So they'd be you know, doing whatever and be like, it would just pop into their head un unannounced, you know, they don't have any real control of this, like pop, you have to meet Derek on this such and such a date. And he'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. I have to meet Derek on this date. And then they go back to what they were doing. And then a little while later, they might be like, pop, don't forget to buy milk later. <laughs> or, you know, pop, you have to take your medication soon. It's like, oh, yeah, I can't forget to do that. You know, let me write that down, you know. Um, so you have these random thoughts popping into your head all day long. It's interrupting you from whatever you're doing. And it's your, your brain is sort of holding on to that memory with just like a tiny bit of your quote-unquote RAM, right? So you got, you're devoting 1% towards remembering that appointment later and another 1% or 2% towards remembering you got to stop at the store to pick up a few things and another 1% to 2% to remember, oh yeah, I got to take this, this medication later or, you know, stop here or do that. That shit adds up, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, now you're trying to read your textbook, <laughs> You're trying to apply full RAM to your textbook, and you can't because you are devoting so many of these other resources to remembering these little itty-bitty things, right? Now think about if you had a place to keep it all, you know, a to-do list or some uh, online tool, an app or whatnot, and every time you had one of those thoughts like, Pop, don't forget to meet Derek at this time. Oh, yeah. Let me put that in my calendar because I have a set date for that. Or pop, don't forget to buy milk. And this other thing, it's like, oh, let me put that on my to-do list. Stop at store and a couple of, jot down a couple things. 
every time you write it in your calendar or write it on your planner or put it somewhere, capture that data, it's like Xing out that little program, right? Now your brain knows somehow that you don't need to think about it anymore. You don't need to hold on to that memory. You got it somewhere. You got that shit on lockdown, right? And it will not return to it as frequently. And think about now that multiplicative effect. It's like, okay, this isn't just one thing. It's like many things throughout the day, all types of things. Every time you write it down or you do it, X out the program, X out the program. And you have this, what David Allen, the getting things done guru, who's uh, awesome, you call it mind like water. And your brain is able to go to wherever you need to apply it and apply it fully. For instance, reading a textbook or writing a paper or whatever. So that's my analogy. I hope you, you've got some value out of that. How you do it, it really doesn't matter to me how the hell you do it. Just do it consistently and have a system, a dedicated safe system for doing it. You could do paper. Paper's great. You know, a paper's sort of out of fashion now. You know, everybody keeps track of everything online. And, but I'm, I'm still old school, man. I, I rock the paper planner and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and then you have your electronic, you know, wide variety. I'm not going to sit here and go through a bunch of shit because you guys could probably tell me, um, you know, better apps and tools that I could for you. But if you want some suggestions, send me an email and I'll give you the suggestions, you know, the ones that I would recommend um, in terms of, you know, task list app that I found I liked and whatnot. But it's basically, here's what it has to have. It's got to be something that is with you every day. That's why I'm not a huge fan of big wall calendars. I know some people are like swear by them and I wouldn't tell them to change something that works for them. But if you're just starting out, I would not recommend a wall calendar or a desk calendar type of style because when you're out and about on the go, you, you can't bring that with you. And it's like oftentimes you're out when you make plans and stuff. So it'd be good, it'd be best to have the, the tool you use on you, whether it be in your phone that you could just whip out your phone and, and enter this appointment or a small planner or, you know, something that fits in a, in a purse or a um, briefcase, you know. Mine's pretty big. I use like a three ring binder size type of, of planner, but I keep it with my work bag, you know, so it goes with me to work every day. And when I'm home, it's often out on the table because I use it for my personal events too. So it's got to be portable, um, and once you have the tool and you, you trust it, and sometimes people take a little while to find the one that works for them. It could be a variety of things. It doesn't look right to you. It doesn't feel right. And you know, I encourage you to, to cycle through until you find something that you really that works well for you. Um, and then you got to check it. Check that shit every day, all, not all day, but if you can, a couple of times a day, at least once a day. Um, and it, that's often the trouble, like, right, it's the beginning of the semester, probably a lot of people started off really feeling, I'm going to get ahead, you know, I'm going to fill out everything, I'm going to put all my classes in my calendar and, you know, due dates and whatnot. And then they, um, four weeks in, it's like, oh, I haven't looked at my calendar in a week. And it's like, I'm not even using that system anymore. The consistency dropped off. Um, so you have to be able to return to that same, return to that calendar or that to-do list every day. Um, and if you can, to get in the habit of doing it at the same time every day would be the best. My other thing is 
you're going to have hopefully some sort of place to keep track of appointments, a calendar, a planner, and then another place to keep track of tasks, things that you have to do that don't necessarily have a due date. The point is those, um, those things I asked you to write down last week, remember that was your home exercise, is to now that we have our big goals, start to think about you know or make a list of a few things a few hard tasks that would be that you brainstorm to be the next maybe couple steps and to try and do one of them if you could i tried to reach out and was unsuccessful in reaching out to the one person that i um, wanted to so i'm going to try again this week um, but you know it feels good to reach out right um i was like you know at least it was something that i attempted to do so examples, I'm not going to, as I said, go through, but you know, paper planners, you can use the native app on your phone. You know, if you have an iPhone, the iCalendar, and then it syncs with your, all your other Apple devices, if, if that's your thing. Google makes a great, you know, uh, calendar. Google Calendar is awesome. And you can actually integrate your to-do list into Google um, you know, at the top, they'll have a space where you could just write notes as like to do list things to do, but don't necessarily have a time associated with them. Just shit that's like, I got to get this done today at some point. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, and then some of the, the unlikelier ones were ones you may not think about or have heard about. So you could print your own calendars. And I found a lot of students that like to do that, you know, would just find a template. Uh, if you Google image, you know, calendar, you know, and put in the month and the year, that you're, you're looking for, you just print up one and you could do that for a few months. And I suggest you do, you know, a whole, at least six months worth at a time. So, and make people make their own. Um, there's a cool app, one app I'll talk about just quick. I haven't actually used it, but a lot of people talk about Sunrise Calendar. Um, it's really, um, it's cool because you can integrate it with other calendars of yours. So if you had um, notes in Evernote, which I'm gonna talk about next or in a few minutes, you could um, you could set it up that if you put it appointment dates in your Evernote calendar in your Evernote that it will sort of um, send those all to your Sunrise calendar as well as you know from other places uh, Google and whatnot and, and sort of integrate them into one place and it, it looks very nice too is the um, common thing I hear so that's one to check out um, and then the one I use actually is called Passion Planner um, as I said it's it's paper and um, Passion Planner has an interesting story. Uh, the woman that uh, that developed it is now in, in business for herself. Uh, her name is Angelia, Angelia Trinidad. And uh, she she's uh, pretty cool. I, I follow her and have followed her story. It started, uh, Passion Planner started as a Kickstarter that got uh, you know a lot of press and, and a lot of interest. It was really uh, one of the more successful Kickstarters, I believe. Uh, of the year, and um, what what's what makes it different is that it's sort of it's partially I think led me to design the podcast as I have, in that it starts at the beginning of the year with you set a goal, and then you sort of brainstorm a bunch of the things that you need to do to get closer to that goal, and sort of put them into categories, and you know uh, in the next three months, in the next year, in the next three years, so you start with a roadmap, and then your calendar. It's very intuitively designed and it has a task list embedded right every week right onto the calendar. So that's why, that's what sold me on it because that's my big thing. I actually have sent her a few emails to try and get her uh, maybe to be in a, 
interview on my show one day on podcast. So if you're listening, Angelia, reach out to me. <laughs> I sent you a few emails. Um, but otherwise, you know, I, I love the product and I'll, I'll definitely be getting one for 2016, uh, regardless of whether I end up hearing from her. <laughs> Um, Evernote, I'll just talk real quick about, but a lot of people already probably using it. Evernote, I love for just, I, I can't believe how versatile Evernote is in terms of you could use it for so many things, you know, from food shopping lists to to-do lists to uh, journaling to I do all my podcast show notes in here. Um, as I've gone on over the last two years, I got Evernote about two years, three years ago. I, it's sort of crept into my life over the years in different ways to the point where now I use it every single day and I'll probably end up having to pay for it. <laughs> you know, I think that's how they rein you in there. Um, so I, um, I need you guys for your home exercise this week. <laughs> if you're interested, you know, the home exercises, I don't want, you know, people to get annoyed with me about them. You know, if it's not working, I probably wouldn't do it. But I think that the accountability portion, it can be really of a benefit for everybody, including myself. Um, I'm holding myself accountable with, with things too that I tell you that I, I want to do. Um, so that's why I do the home exercises. Obviously, you don't have to do them. You, but um, so let's just review real quick. The first week I had you, you know, thinking about what's your goal? You know, what's your passion? And then what's a goal tied to that passion? I only wanted goals that people were truly like, this is what I really, really want. And I gave my goal of, of wanting to homeschool my son as an example of this. It's just something that sort of burns in me, you know? And, and then last week I had people start to think about, all right, so you have this big goal and, and now we can almost put it off to the side now that we kind of identified it because now we're going to get into the into the trenches. Now we're going to dig and come up with brainstorm, you know, three, four, five of the first things that come to your mind when it comes to what would you do first, you know? Or even if you don't, if you can't think of what would you do first, what would you do? Brainstorm, you know? And I said, put a little bit of work into it, you know, set a timer or set a set number and then challenge yourself to meet that number. So now you have this list, right? Now you need your data capture and your time tracking tools in place. You need those systems to be rock solid. And that's hard for me to compromise on. You know, if you are a, um, a free spirit and you're just like, ah, I just don't like to plan my life. I live spontaneously and, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to help you guys. <laughs> I hope I can, but I am really a believer in this idea that you need to keep track of that shit and you need to put it down. You need to put it somewhere in, so that your brain knows is a consistent place where you're going to go back and look so that it can truly let it, let it go. And you can, you know, you strive for that sort of mind-like water uh, being so that you can devote all of your energy to whatever it is you want to work on and get it done the best you can and the quickest you can to allow yourself to do the other shit you want to do. So, so that is the episode for uh, this Monday. Uh, I hope you guys got uh, something out of it. I hope you found it interesting. This was a really easy one for me to do because it's something that is very close to my heart, something that I've talked to uh, 
many people about and have feel comfortable talking about. So if anyone wants more info um, in you know how to sort of plan out your systems, as I said, oh, I don't know if I made that clear, but the home exercise this week is to get your systems in order. Like figure out how you're going to, if you haven't already, what's, what's your, your tracking tool? You know, where are you gonna capture all this shit you know, in terms of a, a to-do list or running list of things that you need to do, and then where do you keep track of your um, your appointments and whatnot, and have a place for that. So, great talking to you guys. Comment, rate, subscribe if you can. Get on iTunes and uh, helps me get to get the word out to other people and get them to find the podcast. Otherwise, uh, I will talk to you guys again on Thursday. Take care.